Have you ever had a civil discussion with someone you disagreed with? If you have, what did you learn? Here on The Moderate Review, we try to have these kinds of discussions. So, let's talk. I'm your host, Jack Taggart, and on this episode of The Moderate Review, I am joined by fellow podcaster, Maddie West. And on this episode, we have a discussion about words and how important they are. So, let's talk. Well, thanks for having me on here, Jack. And an unpopular opinion would be, I believe there's a gift in every experience, and things do not happen to me. They happen for me, and they happen through me. Okay. Um, could you kind of maybe elaborate a little bit more about that? Yeah. So some of um, my biggest growing areas have been through pain points. And when I say there's a gift in every experience, a gift is an opportunity. It is learning um, the good and the bad of a challenge. It is uh, falling forward. And this experience is equipping you with tools that you are going to need or that I'm going I'm to need at a future time. And it's because of this experience that I will be able to manage a more difficult and a bigger uh, obstacle in the future. Okay. Yeah, I think I definitely, I see where you're coming from. And I think I, I definitely do agree with that. You know, sometimes our, our setbacks can be, or what we see, we view them as setbacks could be, I guess, setups. For the yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, so through my experiences um, and as a teacher and a coach, um, a lot of times, and we'll just do a coach example here. You know, I'll, I'll have a player that gets placed on fresh soft and a lot of her club teammates um, get placed on JV or varsity. And so this can be frustrating as a player thinking that you're being devalued or you're not being recognized for your talents or what you can contribute. But doing coaching for a long time, um, I have found that girls really appreciate the spot that they um, were given. And it has created either a chip on their shoulder to work harder, to be better, and to prove themselves. And looking back, they actually have come back and thanked me that they didn't get what they wanted. They got what they needed, even though they didn't realize they needed it at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, you know, I've been in that, uh, me running cross country. Um, I've definitely have experienced that where, um, yeah, I know definitely my last semester or my, my last year running cross country, I mostly ran JV, but like it definitely pushed me and, and somehow I was able to slide in and, um, on the varsity for our, for our state meet. So I totally, totally get that. Yeah. You know, on that note. And so then taking a step further, things happen, you know, for me. And then the things that happen through me is I get to share, um, like you just did with your cross country experience and being a little frustrated that, you know, you were on running at JV, but that then helps you to get to a big moment to make a bigger contribution and now you get to tell that story and share that story, and that gets to um, you know, run through you. And now somebody else um, can benefit from that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So I guess uh, what we'll be going with um, while you were um, while you were reaching out to me while we we're talking about uh, this podcasting or this episode in particular, um, the general theme you, you kind of wanted to talk about, which I also think is also kind of very important that we should share, is words and how they matter and how to best frame them. And yeah, um, yep. yeah go ahead. And I was going to say, yeah, and I, I got this from Tony Robbins, but he calls it transformational vocabulary. And 
um, you know, we have the ability to create narratives. And a narrative is a story that we tell ourselves. And uh, it is very easy to have disempowering stories and negative uh, verbiage and vernacular. And that then limits what we're capable of doing. And on the flip side, if we can tell ourselves an empowering story, um, that can give us then uh, you know, a different meaning to an experience, and then we find the good in it. Okay. And if I may ask you this, so I'm pretty sure you work with people as, with this as well, but like, um, how, I guess, how do you, how does one go about changing from like a, I guess you can say like a, a not so empowering narrative to an empowering narrative? What have, what have oh. you found? So um, one of the strategies I, I use is I ask myself some questions and I ask people that I work with questions. And so my first question is, what are you going to focus on? And um, I follow that up with, is that true? And a lot of times we hold on to things that um, you know, are convenient, but they aren't necessarily true. And so I, the next question I, I like to ask is, what's the alternative? And um, I know we, we talked about um, uh, politics a little bit, and we talked about January 6th. And mm-hmm. you know, different people had different meaning to that event. And um, you know, the story that we create is really important. So what are you going to focus on? Is it true? What's the alternative? And now here's the next important question is, what does it mean? And the meaning that we give um, how we interpret something um, then takes us to the last action step, and that is, what can I do? Okay. And um, I guess maybe just going back a little bit, because um, you kind of talk about um, finding truth, what is true, you know, if it's true. And I guess, how do you determine, or how, yeah, how do you determine what is truth? And I guess maybe how do you, um, I guess, help your you know, students or other people who may be struggling with this, like how do they determine what is truth? Because I know I can perceive things you know i've kind of heard people say like well this is my truth when which is kind of more of like well go ahead okay so that that, that's an an excellent question and then um there are some important ways to frame questions to um open-ended questions and how and what questions can be um incredibly revealing and so uh i've been listening a lot to a guy um chris voss who is an FBI negotiator. And um, you know, he talks about negotiation as collaboration and, and helping someone to get um, and perceive that they're getting what they need and want while also um, you getting something that you need or want. And so uh, to find the truth is um, learning how to ask these calibrated questions and um, following them up with, um, some labels or some mirroring. And so like an example, um, I was with a, a friend who's going through a rough patch and uh, he's in the, the process of getting a divorce. And Yikes. he was, ta- yeah, not, nothing easy about that. And uh, he was talking about some of the things that um, some of the conversations he was having um, with his wife. And I said, it seems like it's a little frustrating. And this is something that I acquired and I learned from Chris Voss. And at that point, you know, he felt empathy and compassion from me. And he was like, that's right. Um, I am frustrated. And then he was able to talk about his frustrations 
And that was then when I had an opportunity to um, give it a different meaning. And, you know, instead of being frustrated at this relationship ending, you know, there were, this was causing a lot of pain between the two of you. You know, what if this leads you to find a partner that is meeting your needs because she's out there? And he's like, that's exact that you're right. That that's right. Yeah. You know, I, there is somebody, I am going to find her and we are going to create something better than I have now. All right. So that's a really good story. So as kind of following up, kind of going along this lines to how you kind of talked about how you phrase certain questions or um, yeah, phrase certain questions. Um, you can get a certain response. And I guess maybe, maybe this is, I'm not fully understanding it, but like, um, I guess I feel like maybe that, that could be kind of be open up to, or excuse me, that could be um, open to, I guess, manipulation. And so I guess more of my question kind of going along that is more of like, what is the difference between, I guess, maybe asking, I guess, inspired and uh, thinking questions and manipulating people? <laughs> that is a fine line. And it is going to be um, one of the things I like to give people, I call it the principle of charity. And so I, I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I want to have um, good intentions when dealing with them. And so I want to help them because I know that the better that I am able to support and serve them, it is reciprocal in some way, if not through them, in some other relationship. Okay. So I guess kind of more comes down to intent. Yeah. And, and I guess maybe this is kind of just me because I've kind of had, um, I've dealt with people in the past who kind of, they kind of were using that under the guise of, of um, I guess, of trying to help someone, but it kind of seemed like, at least how I perceived things, it was kind of sounded like it was manipulation. And so I guess maybe how, I guess just if so, or we cannot always um, uh, tell of people's intentions kind of right off the bat. And so I guess, right. is there a certain way how you kind of, I guess maybe you can tell if, you know, again, using this method, how like their, their intention, people's intentions are well or correct or, or good and not, not for manipulation. Right. And you're going to, um, a lot of times I, I can recognize and identify if somebody um, has selfish motivations, um, if has an alternative um, motive and um, you know, then that changes the framework on what I might want to get from them, but it doesn't change how I interact with them. All right. Okay. I think I see where you're, I think I see where you're coming from. And I guess as we're kind of moving on with this, um, I'm talking about phrasing things and I've, or even words and how we phrase questions. And I understand is I've, or even like simply talking with people, I know how I even phrase and even certain how I use certain words to kind of best describe what I'm trying to articulate that I use particular certain words. I know when uh, previously when we were discussing uh, this episode, you kind of talked about um, some certain words that, uh, you know, um, the federal government and even, yeah, or other different people and organizations have used to, um, uh, you know, try to connotate a message. Yeah. So, yeah, if you well, can, maybe we'll go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So the media is masterful in this and they've really learned how to elicit emotions and how certain terms are, are going to, and we'll just say, be empowering and can be convincing, and others can be disempowering and can elicit frustration or anger or dissatisfaction. And so, um, 
you know, during this last year, um, we have seen, depending on your perspective, we have seen demonstrations, we have seen protests, and we've seen riots. And it's really interesting to see those labels being used um, in defense or in um, or to target um, a, a certain group for their actions. And I know we mentioned that January 6th, um, you know, in my government class, we did an activity and I showed different pictures of um, what was happening in Washington, D.C. And I asked the kids, um, would you consider these protesters? Would you consider these people patriots? Would you consider these people traitors? And we just had a really interesting conversation, and um, it just revealed to me um, where they were coming from with the label that they associated with the images they saw. Okay. Could you maybe elaborate a little bit more about that, more of the kind of like what, um, as, as you saw, maybe like how, I guess, how would you define what a patriot is or a protester or even a traitor would be? Yeah. So, you know, a protester is someone that disagrees um, with a principle, and they probably have a strong opinion, they probably have a belief, and they might even have a conviction that will just say what the government is doing is violating um, at some level some, one of their freedoms or the role of what the government should be able to do. A patriot, conversely, somebody might say a patriot is somebody who stands up for what they believe in, is recognizing a wrong and they are um, putting themselves um, in a position to uh, uphold a greater, um, greater set of values and standards that our Constitution um, you know, created and gave the people. And then a traitor would be someone that um, says their ideas are more, more important than um, our nation and our founding uh, fathers, um, they're violating our founding fathers and our constitutional um, ideology and um, what makes this country great. Okay, and I guess maybe I'll ask a little bit more questions about the, you know, going along those lines of a patriot, uh, protester, and traitor. Um, so I guess going back to the founding fathers, I mean, depending on who you ask, I mean, I'll just tell you this, my, my grandmother, who is Canadian, and her, her queen is uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, even though she's been in the, living in the United States for, you know, a long, most of her adult life, she kind of considers the founding fathers as kind of almost traitors in that they kind of were rebelling against the crown. And uh, I guess more of like, how would you kind of maybe like, maybe more, not maybe fine tune it, but more of like, um, maybe better clarify kind of where people were, yeah, where well, they're coming from. So, um, and depending on your experience is going to frame your narrative and so from an outside perspective um you know the colonists were doing this to england and to the king and um the purpose of why the colonists were doing this may not have been clearly understood and so um you know the colonists felt like their rights were being um sacrificed and they were being taken away and the king was abusing his power to get more power at the expense of the colonists. And so, you know, in a very eloquent document in the Declaration of Independence, um, 
you know, they listed a set of grievances or complaints or reasons why they were going to, um, why they wanted to create a new government and a government, you know, of the people, for the people, by the people. And the king was an instrument that was holding them back unfairly. And so um, I would consider them patriots for standing up for something that they believe in. And it was in their perspective an injustice and it was, um, you know, an abuse of power. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting is that people hold opinions. People have opinions. People have beliefs and people have convictions. And, you know, one of the things I try and share with my students that opinions can change and should change when you get new information. A belief is something that you have a, a stronger emotional attachment and experience that um, gets you to believe in something in a certain way. And then I'm gonna call a conviction, I'm gonna call a conviction a universal truth. And a, uh, a lot of times people hold convictions and it's very, it's an, has an emotional intensity that is very hard to reshape or to change. And so in this instance, the colonists and Patrick Henry in particular um, had a conviction and he said, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And this idea of liberty would be able to um, live the life that I choose as long as I am not hurting myself or my, I'm hurting the people around me. Going back with more of kind of convictions as well, more questions I have with that is, I mean, those convictions can be for good and bad. And I guess more of how do you would go about maybe changing someone's convictions? I mean, okay. in, in light of what we already talked about. And so I'm really trying to uh, help my students to have opinions and beliefs. And the convictions that I want my students to really work on is a conviction of something like, um, you know, be kind, um, do nice things for others, um, to, you know, to love, um, to give. Um, and, you know, those are the kinds of convictions that I think, you know, to be hardworking, to be resilient, um, to never give up. And um, those are the kinds of convictions that I think serve people. And um, having a conviction, uh, let's just say on a, a controversial issue, you know, in my government class, um, we were just talking about the death penalty, um, you know, learning about somebody's experience or opinion or perception of the death penalty, um, it could alter, it could influence, it could, you know, strengthen how you feel about it, or it could cause you to rethink what, how you feel about it, or it could give you a subtle shift. But if, if you're closed-minded, you're unable then to appreciate that other person's um, having empathy towards that other person and how they feel about, we'll just say the death penalty. Thank you for that. When our previous calls in preparation for this, we kind of did talk a little bit more about, um, I guess, or how we understand and come to search for our, our knowledge and understanding. And it sounds like um, we're kind of almost on, we're on the same wavelength where we're always kind of questioning, kind of always kind of searching for like, what is the best answer? What is the correct answer? And so um, if you don't mind me asking, like, how did you come to this uh, this point in your life where you kind of kind of realized that um, there's a lot more or maybe that there is your your answers may not be the correct answers? 
Yeah, so, you know, once upon a time, um, you know, I went to school at UC Santa Barbara, and I remember um, driving home and stopping at my grandma's house, and she said something like, hey, how's school, um, and what do you want to do with your life? And I said, Grandma, I want to change the world. And I, she thought, oh, that's noble. How are you going to do that? And I, I wasn't really sure how I was going to do that. Well, um, how for the last decade, I've been consuming an incredible amount of podcasts by some just uh, very amazing uh, mentors and, and people that have just uh, incredible um, experiences and then uh, they just have great wisdom that they pass on and they share. And so going back to that quote, I want to change the world. Um, I realize, or I am realizing that the more that I invest in personal growth and the more that I grow, the more that I change and the more that the world around me changes. And so that, that's just been a, the biggest shift is that the, the more I equip myself with um, some different techniques and tools and skills and understanding who I am and what I want to do, um, it's incredible at how much everything around me has changed as well. And um, I guess more of a follow-up with that. So like what particular uh, set of tools and even like resources that you've, uh, you've used to help you kind of get to where you're at right now? Um, let's see. I, you know, I take, so I want to, I want to give till it hurts and then give a little bit more. And I am learning how to be a better giver. And I'm learning through, you know, um, Simon Sinek, um, he talked about um, finding your why and, um, you know, you're having a purpose to do something will help you figure out how to do it and what comes next. And um, well, one of the questions that um, a guy, Gary Vanderchuk says is, you know, like, what's the alternative? And so um, I've always been optimistic, but I didn't always understand optimism. And so optimism, once upon a time, was being positive. So I asked a student the other day, um, we took a test, and I go, hey, how'd you do on the test? And she said, awful. I failed it. And I said, hey, you know, can't you be a little bit more positive? Why don't you try that answer again? She goes, okay, coach. I'm positive I failed that test. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So um, what I am trying to do is, so, so I used to think that, you know, being positive was always painting a nice picture of an experience. And now, um, you know, being positive or being optimistic is a plan or a strategy for a future outcome. And so, you know, when I put it into a, a plan or a strategy, I am going to go through some difficult points and some, um, some challenges and some obstacles and some setbacks. But those things, like you were saying earlier, you know, those, that setback can turn into a set up if I can learn from it and, um, you know, and keep asking myself, you know, what's the alternative? Um, you know, what does this mean? And, you know, what am I going to focus on? Okay. All right. And, um, I guess my one of my like my last questions I do have for you. Um, you have talked about saying you know um, wanting to change the world, and you've talked about how you've um, you know continued to do personal growth as well. 
Um, and I know, and you mentioned you are a teacher, you know, and my dad's also a teacher. And he actually, the reason why he says he wants, he wanted to become a teacher was because um, he wanted to make a difference or kind of, in essence, you know, I guess change the world. And so what have you done, you know, besides investing in your personal growth that, um, that you've, uh, you've seen that you felt like you've, uh, I guess, changed the world? Well, um, I'm trying to invest in my students. And what I want to do is I want to empower I want to challenge and I want to inspire these young minds. And so um, empower, you know, I don't feel like kids feel appreciated or understood. And in, when I empower my students, you know, I want to recognize their, their gifts, their talents. I want them to realize that they do have these gifts. They do have these talents. Um, they have these experiences. They have these opportunities that make them unique. And the challenge is to not only identify what you're good at, what you like to do, but then to get better at it. And, um, you know, one of the neat things is, you know, we all do some things better than others. And, you know, the things that we do well, the better we get at it, then it comes to the inspire part is then to use your gifts, your talents, your abilities um, to serve and to help uh, the people around you. So as we're, uh, we're closing this, uh, this podcast episode, um, I guess two questions, uh, where can we find you if we want to learn more about you and kind of more of what you've been doing? So, uh, I'm just trying to open up and make myself a little bit more accessible. Um, right now, LinkedIn is the, uh, a great way to connect with me. In fact, and, that, and that's how we connected. And I, I appreciate you reaching out and I appreciate you taking time and, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation here today, Jack. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to talk about before we close? No, I just appreciate this opportunity to have a conversation. It's been fun. And uh, I, I hope your listeners, there's something that we, we, we talked about that, that helps them. Um, maybe it gave them a chuckle, a laugh, or maybe there's something practical that they can put into action and use. This concludes our first and only episode on words and how important they are. Until next time, I'm your host, Jack Taggart. The views expressed on the moderate review are solely of those individuals participating. Please leave a comment if there is something we've left out or a topic you would like to hear about.